Good morning. I feel a little bit better. Do you feel better? Or do you feel worse? I, I had a, we had a kind of a crazy week at my house after I went to the doctor and was, was diagnosed with bronchitis. And I got to feeling better the next day. Praise the Lord for that. And then the day I got to feeling better, both my kids got sick and we went to the doctor and they both had the flu. And so uh, don't touch my kids, okay? Uh, if, if you don't want the flu, they're both better. And, and Shaylee's feeling great and Barrett is, uh, I don't know how Barrett's feeling, but he's sitting there. So just pray for that little guy. He's, he's not 100% yet. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to go to Luke chapter number 1. Luke chapter number 1. Luke chapter 1, verse number 26, and when you find that, if you will stand to honor the reading of God's Word. Luke chapter, 20, chapter 1, verse 26. The Bible says this, are you there? The Bible says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, and the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for all that you do. God, we thank you for the wonderful blessing it is to be in your house this morning. Lord, I just pray that you would touch each one. God, bless them for their effort of being here this morning. God, we just pray that you would touch the ones that couldn't be here, God, due to sickness or or whatever the situation may be, Lord, I just pray that, that you would be with them. Lord, I just pray that you would use me as your vessel this morning. God, let the Holy Spirit do the preaching. God, nothing can be accomplished unless you do it this morning. Lord, I just pray that you would speak to people this morning. God, let us take your word to heart. And God, see what you want us to see this morning. God, hear what you want us to hear this morning. God, give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In 2014, I, was, uh, I got up to go to work one morning, 
and I was, it was just a typical morning, I don't remember what day of the week it was, but you know those mundane days when you just get up and you're kind of dreading going to work, which is pretty much every day, right? Does anybody just enjoy going to work? I mean, really? Tanner, don't lie. I'm going to have to preach a message online, all right? Y'all saw that. I don't think anybody in their right mind just, just sometimes, every day wakes up and says, wow, I get to go to work today. And that morning was no doubt the same for me. I, I had woke up, and, and we lived in a house that had two stories. And so I I gotten ready, and Lacey was already downstairs, and she was down there. I don't know what she was doing. Well, I found out what she was doing. And I came down the steps, and, and right across when I got to the bottom of the steps, you could see our kitchen table. And I looked over on the kitchen table, and, and I saw something I had never seen on our kitchen table, and, and that was a card, you know, standing up, just like a, a card that said something, I didn't know what it said, and three onesies laying there, and I looked, and, and I saw onesies, and who wears onesies, right, well, these days adults do, but normally babies wear onesies, right, and so I, I looked, and I thought, well, somebody is having a baby, and so I walked down the steps, and and I sat down at the, at the table, and I thought I was about to eat breakfast. I don't think I ate breakfast that morning. And I picked up the card, and, she, and, and, the, and the card said, Congratulations, you're going to be a daddy. And it was Shaylee. It was Shay, uh, Lacey had found out just a day or two previous to that that she was pregnant, and, and we were going to have Shaylee. Now, I didn't know anything about this. All I knew is that I had never been a daddy before. And any, anybody that's ever been a first-time father or a first-time mother understands that there's some anticipation with that, right? That there's some, there's some nerves with that. And like I said, I, I don't think I, I ate breakfast. In fact, what my reaction was, was that I stood back, back up out of my chair and went back upstairs <laughs> because I didn't know what else to do. I, I didn't know whether to go be happy or whether to go cry or, or whatever. But at that moment, I was in shock. I was absolutely floored that I was going to be responsible, get this, for the life of another person. That's serious business, isn't it? As a parent, you are responsible for your children. That's, that's a concept that the world don't know how to swallow these days, is it? Isn't it? I mean, but parents are responsible for their children. Now, I want you to imagine Mary. Any other day, she's sitting there minding her own business. She's doing what any 13 or 14-year-old girl would be doing at that time. No, she wasn't playing with dolls. She wasn't doing anything that a teenager would do. She was probably sitting there working in the house. She might have been repairing garments. She might have been cooking. She might have been doing something. She was doing household things. She's 13 or 14 years old. And suddenly she's sitting there minding her own business and an angel shows up. Now I can imagine that that would be an odd scene for anybody to be sitting there minding their own business. Now when, when Shaley or when, when Lacey announced it to me, no angel showed up. It, it might have been better for me if an angel had showed up. I might have took it a little better. But Mary heard some news, but it confused her. She said, how in the world am I going to have a baby if I've never known a man? She's a virgin. And the angel tells her, now what I love about this whole exchange is that the very last verse that I read, Mary gets news that she, it's just hard to swallow. 
Absolutely hard to swallow. I've met one other person in my life that claimed that they were going to have a baby and they were a virgin. And you know what that person was? They were crazy and they were lying. But Mary, truthfully, this was about to happen to her. And this isn't the message, but I love the last two verses, in verse 37 and verse 38 that I read. The first thing is that the angel tells her, he says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Can you say amen to that? With God nothing's impossible. So Mary does something. She takes God at His word. She, she just did something that, that we, can, we, we have to do, that, that, but we often don't. She believed God. It was that simple. She said, and Mary said, this is her reaction, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, she was identifying herself as a handmaiden or as a servant. She said, Behold, the servant of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Whatever God says, whatever the Lord says, I'm going to accept it and I'm going to move on. I want you to understand that Mary took it and she took it in stride. Now there was a lot of things. She knew that there was going to be accusations. She knew that there were going to be rumors. She knew that it was not going to be an easy thing for a girl who claimed to be a virgin, for a girl that was just a spouse. She was just engaged to this man, Joseph and the angel came in and he told her these words. And in spite of all that, she says, you know what? I believe you, God. And I'll take it. And, and, and I believe you the first time. But yet Mary was not the only one that had received miraculous news from an angel. Now, Luke chapter 1 is 80 verses long. And just to spare you, I won't read all 80 verses. I'm just going to read 68 verses this morning, okay? No, I'm not really. I'm going to read a lot this morning. Just bear with me. There's a lot of reading. But in the verses previous to the ones I read this morning, another angel had appeared to a woman named Elizabeth. Now, Elizabeth is, is stricken, and she is in her old age. Now, I'll let, I'm not going to put a number on what an old age is for a woman, okay? Just to go ahead, because I want to leave here alive this morning. But Elizabeth was 70 years old, okay? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is anybody mad at me now? Any 70-year-old women mad at me for calling you stricken and well in age? <laughs> Come on, people, that's funny. But the angel went to her, and, he, and the angel says, Elizabeth, you're going to have a baby. Now, Elizabeth's husband, who was a priest of God, a man that was serving God every single day of his life in the temple, looked at the angel, and he said, well, I don't believe you. He said, no, I don't think that people our age are going to have a baby. And so you know what happened to him? He lost his voice. He couldn't talk anymore. So we have two births that are going to be miraculous. We have Elizabeth, who's too old to have a baby. And then we have Mary, who's a virgin, who can't have a baby. God's working here, isn't he? And so Mary says, you know what, the angel tells her, the angel tells Mary, and what I just read, hey, Elizabeth is going to have a baby. In fact, Elizabeth is six months pregnant. Now, now uh, I'm assuming that word didn't travel as fast as it, did, it does today because as soon as we found out, then a lot of, you know, a lot of, you can't keep a baby a secret these days. But back then you could because people didn't travel, people didn't communicate. And so Mary hears that her cousin Elizabeth is pregnant. 
And so she decides to pack up and go to her house. So let's read on just a few more verses. Verse number 39. It says, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah. Tanner, have we ever been to the hill country? There's a lot of hills, aren't there, brother? It's fun hiking. And she went to the hill country and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. Saluted Elizabeth. All she said was, hey, Elizabeth, how are you doing? Or she might have walked in. And back then, you formally greeted people when you walked into their house. And she might have said something along the lines of, hey, Elizabeth, thank you for letting me enter into your house. And something happened. Something that was strange probably to Elizabeth who is six months pregnant, never been pregnant before in her life as as an older lady. Verse 41 says, And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost and and spake with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. I want you to understand, and here's the message this morning. I, I'm glad that Cecil sung what he sung this morning. When he handed me the papers this week and said, this is what I'm singing, it was, did you notice we sung about joy this morning? Did you notice that? Did you see that theme? We sung joyful, joyful, we adore thee. We sung joy to the world. Maybe the screen beside, behind me, what does it say? It says joy to the world. And we always associate that song, we always associate that phrase with what? The birth of Christ. And we should. Amen. That is, that is the most joyful thing that has ever happened. But I want you to understand this morning that we should always have that joy in us. This is, this is about nine, eight or nine months before Jesus came as a baby. This, this preceded, this was a precursor to Luke chapter 2. But yet before Jesus was born, before he came in the manger, and before he did anything, the name of Jesus, the thought of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, what did it cause? It caused joy. You saw that, didn't you? That, that as soon as, as, as Elizabeth just heard Mary's voice, what did John do? He leapt in her womb. Any of you women ever felt a baby leap in your womb? You know what that's like? I, I don't know, but Lacey tells me it's not a very pleasant experience. She says, but she says when Shaylee was, was in the womb, Shaylee's a hyper kid. Now, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Some of you have never seen Shaylee, but she is a live wire. But Lacey said when she was in the womb, she would actually jump up and down on her organs, I think. And she would, she would just treat things inside of her as a trampoline. And, and six months pregnant, I'm sure that Elizabeth had experienced that with John. John was a baby. He was a human little baby inside of a person. But this was different. This was noteworthy. This was something that Elizabeth had never experienced. Was that it says that the baby leapt in her womb. That this baby six months inside the womb... Now, you know that, that a baby at six months along in a pregnancy is going to be a tiny little thing that don't know anything, but John knew something, and that was that was Jesus was in the house. That the Holy Ghost had overshadowed Mary, and that she had just conceived Jesus just a short time before this. And she shows up 
at Elizabeth's house and John just knows that Jesus is present, that Jesus is coming and guess what? He leaps for joy in great anticipation. Joy can come at any time. Joy just doesn't have to be at the the birth of Jesus. It can be just when you simply know that Jesus is near. That Jesus is, is just close by. That there's joy to be had. Amen. And that 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 leap of pray that was a leap of praise. I want you to understand that. That wasn't that that he just decided to roll over or he decided to turn or whatever. That was literally a six month in the womb baby, six months along, leaping and praising God. That's a miracle in itself, isn't it? That John said, Praise the Lord. And so Elizabeth said, said, Mary, there's something different about you. And she said, blessed is that which is in your womb. But we move on, and, and Mary spends some time with Elizabeth. And we'll read on in verse 43. And it says, and whence has this come to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for what? For joy. The babe was leaping for joy. It says, And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. So Mary and Elizabeth have an exchange. And Mary knows that she is well favored. Mary understands that. See, the angel told her that. The angel says, You are well favored by the Lord. And so she goes to Elizabeth's house, and Elizabeth and her, they have this exchange. And so Mary says in verse 46, I want to read on and get to the next point. It says, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Now I want to take a time out right there. There's a certain group of people that deify Mary. Did you know that? Does anybody know who I'm talking about that that put Mary on a pedestal with Jesus? That put Mary, uh, that that there's no longer a trinity, that it's actually four parts of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and God Mary. That's wrong. Amen? You know how I know that's wrong? You can find it right here in Luke chapter 1. Because whose soul does Mary magnify? The Lord. My soul doth magnify the Lord. Mary said, my job is to magnify God. All right, we'll get back to the sermon now. But I want you to see that even though Mary is highly favored, I'm not preaching this morning that Mary is part of the Godhead. I'm not preaching this this morning that Mary is deified. Mary was a tool that was used by God to carry out His plan. She was blessed. She was favored. Should Should we... think Mary's a good person? Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not trying to knock Mary this morning and bring her down, but I want you to understand that she was God's vessel. She was not God. Amen? And she said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. You see that word rejoiced right there? What is the root word of rejoiced? Joy. Joy, she said, she said, my spirit is, has joy in God, my Savior. Why did she have that joy? Why did that joy all of a sudden come upon her? Could she have had joy before she was pregnant? Yes, but what brought on the joy? 
Jesus. Right? Do you see that? Do we understand that, that Jesus had just, just been announced to her that she had just been overshadowed by the Holy Ghost and she could have had a plethora of emotions overtake her but yet she says, no, I'm not going to be nervous. I'm not going to be scared. I'm just going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to rejoice in God because Jesus is coming. That anticipation overtook her and she said, I will rejoice. She goes on to say, verse number 48, For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him. From generation to generation, he has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. She goes on and she, she gets done and she says in verse 54, He hath hoped or he has helped his servant in Israel in remembrance of his mercy. So Mary starts automatically. I don't think she could hold it in. I think she was just absolutely overtaken with the Spirit of God. See, the Spirit showed up that day. You know why? Because the Spirit was fresh on Mary. Can you say amen? The Spirit had just overshadowed Mary. The Holy Spirit had come down and just, just passed over Mary, and she conceived Jesus. And as soon as that conception took place, see, Joseph doesn't know about this yet. Nobody knows. There's just very few people that even know that Mary is pregnant. But as soon as the Word starts getting out, Joy takes over. Anticipation takes over. After I got over the initial shock of, of finding out Lacey was pregnant, I was happy about it. I thought, man, I'm going to be a daddy. And some people thought, oh, he's going to be a daddy. We'll see how this goes. But there's joy with a new baby, isn't there? There really is. There's a lot that comes with a baby, but one of those wonderful things is joy. But see, this baby hadn't even been born yet. This baby was just conceived and yet anybody that had anything to do with it started rejoicing in the Lord they started lifting him up they started exalting him this one that they didn't know anything other than then than God had said here's my promised son and they just they just got down and they said thank you Lord for him so far, John has praised the Lord. We see Mary's song that she sung for the Lord is, is what it calls it. It's, it's the heading over my Bible. And then in the next few verses, I won't read them to you, starting in verse number 57, John is born. Now, John was a great man. Jesus himself later said about John the Baptist that there has never been a man born among women greater than John the Baptist. That's what, John, that's what Jesus said about John. That was Jesus' summary of John the Baptist. There's never been a woman born greater than John. But you know what John later said about himself concerning Jesus? He must increase, but I must decrease. So John's witness of Jesus was that he was to decrease for Jesus. John had a job to do. 
John's birth was prophesied just as Jesus' birth was prophesied. It was no accident that John the Baptist was, was coming. It was no accident or, or a second thought or, or an afterthought that John was to be born by Elizabeth. It was God's providential plan from creation that Elizabeth and Zacharias would have a son and call him John. And so John is born. We find that in verses 57 through verse 66. And as soon as John is born, remember his father, Zacharias, has, has been mute for nine months. Could you imagine a man not talking for nine months? Boy, I bet when his tongue got loose, he'd have some things to say, wouldn't he? I think he would. If, if Cecil's, could you all imagine if Cecil couldn't talk for nine months? <laughs> I mean, I'd hate to be there when his tongue got loose. Rhonda, I bet she would jump for joy if that happened, wouldn't you, sister? I love you, Cecil. You know that. <laughs> but Zacharias has been, been as good as mute for nine months. All through the pregnancy, he's heard Elizabeth talk about Mary is having a baby. And he's heard Elizabeth talk about John. I, I, my baby leapt for joy when Mary showed up. John knew who Jesus was and I believe Zacharias knew exactly who Jesus was we find when John is born in verse number 67 John doesn't start talking about how, how proud, of, proud of a father he was this is an old man having a baby never had a child never before you know you know when a, when a dad has a baby or when a, when a baby is born now I didn't, I didn't go through much when the kids were born. I'm not going to lie. Both my kids were born by C-section. And so I just sat there nervous, really. But when my babies were born, you know, I got to see them. And I was the, the proudest dad that has ever been. And you as a father should be the proudest dad of your kids, right? I mean, you, I, I, you should be the, just, your kids should be the apple of your eye. If your kids are, if you like somebody else's kid better, you got problems. But when Shaylee, well, Shaylee had some problems when she was born. I'll say that, that, that Shaylee didn't breathe for six minutes. Did y'all know that? She was born two months early. She was premature, born in Erlanger. And she wasn't breathing when she was born. And so I was worried. I was scared to death. But finally they got her breathing and they brought me over there. And, and, and I tell you what, I just lit up. I know that room got brighter because I had just lit up. And, and rightfully so. But I want you to see this, I want you to understand this, that when Zacharias saw John, when John was born, Zacharias did not start bragging on his son. He didn't get John and say, look at this handsome boy, look at this boy, he looks just like his daddy, he's so handsome. He didn't say that. He started prophesying, the Bible says. Verse number 67, and it says, and his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost. You see a common denominator here? That, that the Holy Ghost is just following this whole situation around, isn't he? That the Holy Spirit, ever, everywhere that anything is, is going on in this chapter, the Holy Ghost is there. The Holy Spirit is present. And it says that he prophesied. And this is what he said. He didn't prophesy and say, praise the Lord, i got a kid that's, that's here for Jesus. He says, blessed be the God, the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us 
in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets. Remember last week's sermon, Isaiah chapter 9, that was one of the holy prophets he's talking about. And he said that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. Verse 74, it says that he would grant us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. What was Zechariah's prophecy about? What did Zechariah immediately start talking about when his tongue was loosed? He started talking about salvation, didn't he? He started talking about the captivity being over, that we were going to be free from our enemies. And he knew that that was going to come one way. And what way is that? Through Jesus. Amen? This man opened his mouth and the first thing that he could say is, Thank you, Lord. He started prophesying. He started preaching is what he started doing. And he started exalting the name of, of the Lord. He started exalting this baby named Jesus. He started lifting him up and said, Salvation has arrived. He didn't start bragging on his little boy. He didn't start bragging on John and saying, Look at my baby. He's here to prepare the way. He says, No. He says, Look at the one that brings salvation. He says, Look at him. I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but over, I don't know, the last month or two, it seems like that, that all the time I preach on salvation, doesn't it? Every sermon, it seems like, gets turned towards salvation. And I thought, and every time I study, I mean, I pray and I study, and I think, Lord, what do you want me to, to go to this week? And everything always ends up pointing back towards the salvation of the Lord. And I thought, and it hit me this week, I was studying and I was praying, and I thought, man, I beat that drum every week. I, I repeat that every single week. But then I think, why not? Why not? What else is there to talk about? I mean, we have, we have salvation full and free, and there are lost people here. There are people that don't know Jesus. Why would I not want to say that, that, that salvation is come? That salvation is here. And Zacharias tells us about it. He says that we are saved from our enemies. Now, Zacharias may have thought right there that the enemy that they were going to be saved from was Rome. He might have been thinking physical enemies. But did you know that Jesus came as a baby to deliver us from the enemy? You know who that enemy is? Death. That's a, that's a pretty big enemy, isn't it? You know, that's an enemy we're all going to face. We, I talk about our enemy being Satan, and he is. But I want you to understand that we all have another common enemy, and that enemy is death. And the only way that that enemy was, gonna, was ever going to be defeated was through Jesus Christ. Absolutely no other way that that enemy could be defeated. You can't do it. Did you know that? I saw somebody in here yesterday, I don't know who it was, had, a, had a, just a handful of pills to take. How many of you take medicine, really? I, I mean, I, I take some medicine. What, what's that medicine for, it, it really? It's to extend your life, right? 
It's to make your life better, and it's also to, to, to give you life. If your blood pressure's high, you take a pill for it because blood pressure can cause death, and diabetes can cause death, and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, I'm not trying to bum you out. Those pills quit working, and you're still faced with death, right? It's coming to everybody. Get used to it. Just embrace it. If you're a Christian, embrace death. Say, praise the Lord. When I die, I get to go to heaven. But as a lost person, that ought to scare you to death. Scare you to death. There's a good phrase, right? That ought, to, that ought to make your knees knock together. Anybody ever been so scared that your knees were hitting each other? I've been that scared before. And the thought of dying and going to hell should put that fear in people. But yet it doesn't seem to these days. But I, I know I'm preaching a christmas theme sermon and joy to the world and all this. But at the root of this sermon is that Zacharias said that we would be saved from the enemy. And, and we, can't, we can't talk about this sermon without the identification of the enemy. And that is death. Now I want you to understand, he says that we're going to have salvation from our enemies. And that salvation is here. Jesus has come. He fulfilled everything that he said he was going to fulfill. And he did all the work. And then as he hung there and he died on the cross, he says, it is finished. The work's been done. The enemy has been defeated. Jesus said in Revelation, he says, behold, he says, I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Because death has been defeated. We should have joy for that. Amen. We should say, hey, salvation has come and we're joyful about it. Not just at Christmas time, but every single day of our life. We should be full of joy. Joy to the world. What a, what a wonderful song. I was thinking this morning when I was standing up there playing, I thought, my goodness, we should sing that with some gusto, shouldn't we? We should put everything that we have into singing joy to the world that the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Praise the Lord. John the Baptist, he was excited about it. Mary was excited about it. Elizabeth was excited. And, and, and Zacharias was excited. And they had the joy of the Lord. Amen. I'm glad I have that joy. I'm glad that, that Jesus came and he, he released me from that prison I was in called death. And that one of these days I'll get to live eternally because of a little baby named Jesus who grew into a man and died on a cross. Let's all stand. Cecil, come. Lauren, come to the piano. Let's, let's pray. And, and my prayer this morning, bow your head and close your eyes, would be that this, this message, that this sermon would sink not just into your ears, not just, not just into your mind, but that it would soak down into your heart. And that you could take this sermon and understand that you can have joy this morning. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for all the many blessings you've given us. But God, one of the greatest blessings that we've ever been given was your son Jesus. And Lord, that, that even at the, the mention of that name, he brings joy. That when he is present with us, that we should be full of joy. And God, I pray that if there's anybody here that doesn't have that assurance... I know you can't have that joy unless you have the assurance of salvation. 
And God, if that's anybody this morning, I pray that you would deal with their heart. God, that you would convict them in their sins where they sit this morning and let them know that Jesus came and died on a cross for them. God, let those people trust you this morning. Let them take, take you at your word just as Mary did. Believed an impossible thing. God, we trust you. Amen.